Today's podcast features an article from Discern Magazine. The second coming of Jesus Christ is a topic that has been interpreted in many ways. Though the biblical teaching is pretty straightforward, as we'll see later in this episode, there is still a lot of confusion out there about Christ's return. Let's look at a few of the different ideas that are out there about this subject. There have been people who have appeared in various places and at various times claiming to be the returned Jesus Christ. And if you do a Google search, you'll see there are people out there to this day still out there claiming to be Jesus Christ. Some people teach that Jesus' return is strictly spiritual and allegorical, not literal. He's not really coming back. He's figuratively coming back. In the evangelical world, many people believe in two future comings of Christ. One, a temporary return to rapture the saints or Christians to heaven, and a second return after that to come to destroy the Antichrist and judge the world. Others teach that Jesus' return will be very short and temporary. He'll come, he'll judge, and then he'll return to heaven with his saints. Another church teaches that Jesus' coming occurred in the early 20th century and that he will return in an invisible way again in the future. There's one religious organization that currently claims that Jesus will return as a flesh-and-blood man to its property in the Midwestern United States. And, of course, throughout the centuries and continuing today, individuals have predicted Jesus will return on a specific date. Of course, all those dates to this point have been proven wrong. Some people, when their dates are proven wrong, continually move their dates further and further into the future. We could go on and on. But the point is there is a wide range of understandings and ideas on the topic, some directly contradicting each other. But you know, this shouldn't be a surprise. Jesus, in the Olivet Prophecy, predicted this confusion. Let's get a quick refresher on what Jesus said about deception in the end time, because it relates to this topic. In Matthew 24, verses 23 through 24, Jesus is recorded as saying these words after discussing the Great Tribulation. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Earlier in the Olivet Prophecy, Jesus already warned about general religious deception. We covered that in episode 18 of the Discern podcast. But this follow-up warning had a different focus. This warning was about a surge in both false Christs and false prophets. False prophets are religious leaders who generally preach false doctrines. There are many of them that are on the scene today, and there are many of them who have existed throughout the centuries. But false Christs are a little bit of a different category. False Christs refer to people who claim to be a messianic figure sent from God, and in some cases claim to actually be Jesus Christ himself. Now, some may hear these warnings and just dismiss them as, very odd and crazy. I I mean, if somebody came claiming to be Jesus or the Christ, most people would just dismiss them as crazy fanatics who maybe would only appeal to a handful of gullible people. But this isn't what Jesus was talking about. He wasn't talking about fringe extremists with tiny followings. What he was describing were serious false Christs who would do great signs and wonders to deceive 
Not minor signs and wonders, great signs and wonders. Someone with long hair and a robe coming along and claiming to be Jesus is one thing. Of course, those people are easy to dismiss. But Jesus said these future false Christs will be much more dangerous because they actually will be able to perform miracles. Not parlor tricks, but actual delusions manufactured by Satan himself. Scripture shows that the demonic realm, the satanic realm, does have the ability at times to manipulate the laws of nature to make it appear certain people have miraculous powers. There are a couple examples in both the Old and New Testament. In the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, there's this interesting encounter between Aaron and Pharaoh's magicians, Aaron, of course, being Moses' brother. After God miraculously transformed Aaron's rod into a serpent, we read in Exodus chapter 7 that the magicians of Pharaoh were actually able to mimic the miracle, and they were able to turn their rods into a serpent as well. Though, of course, if you remember the story, the serpent of Aaron was able to completely destroy and eat the serpents of the magicians. Now, in the New Testament, we read in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8, about a false teacher named Simon. We know him as Simon Magus, Simon the Magician, and he built a following for himself in part due to his ability to perform miracles. We read about that in Acts 8 verse 11. Simon convinced many people that his miracles were from God. He was an example of a first century false prophet or false Christ. Though he wasn't necessarily claiming to be a messianic figure, he was doing miracles. But these miracles were not from God. They were done through the power of Satan. The point is, it is possible for people to perform miracles even though they in no way represent the true God. In the end time, these miracles will be so impressively deceptive that Jesus warned that even the elect, God's people, people who know the truth of God, could be taken in by them, could be deceived. My friends, signs and wonders appeal to the emotions, and that's why they can be so dangerous. But we always have to remember that if someone is performing miracles, but speaking contrary to the Bible or to God's laws, those miracles have to be rejected. When we allow our emotions to be stirred to the point that we prioritize emotion over truth, we are in grave danger and easy prey for deception. And this is what is going to happen in the end time, according to Jesus Christ. People are going to be so taken in by these signs and wonders, they're going to end up inadvertently following false teachers and the dark forces behind them. Don't be one of those people. Remember, prioritize truth over anything else. Don't let the emotion of a miracle or a sign or a wonder cause you to believe or follow somebody who is not teaching from the Bible the truth of God. Now, after Jesus warned about these miracle-working false Christs in the end time, he continued with these words recorded in Matthew 24, verses 25 through 26. See, I have told you beforehand... Therefore, if they say to you, Look, he, speaking of Christ, he is in the desert, do not go out. Look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. Here, Jesus is talking about individuals who don't only claim his authority, but who claim his very identity. 
And in the end time, there will be people out there like this. There will be people in certain locations gathering a following, doing miracles, claiming they are Jesus. And again, Jesus says, don't believe them. Don't follow them. That's not how I'm going to return. So we've covered a bit about what Christ's coming will not be like. He won't be coming in the wilderness. He won't be coming in some location as a physical human being doing signs and wonders. But what will Jesus Christ's second coming be like? The Bible's teaching on this is actually very clear and very easy to understand. And this is how you can know the difference between a false Christ and the real Christ, by knowing what his word says about his return. What did Jesus actually say his return would be like? Jesus provided the ultimate litmus test in verse 27 of the Olivet Prophecy in Matthew 24. This is what he said his return would be like. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. So the coming of the Son of Man is likened to lightning. The genuine second coming of Jesus Christ will be unmistakable and absolutely impossible to miss or counterfeit. Jesus compared it to lightning flashing across the sky. Well, well, what does that mean? What does that tell us about Jesus Christ's return? Well, it tells us three major things. Number one, he will return from the sky. That's where we see lightning in the sky. Number two, he will return with a colossal display of supernatural power. Lightning is a colossal display of power. Christ's return will be a colossal display of supernatural power. And number three, it will be a sight and sound beyond anything any human force could produce. Lightning in the sky cannot be counterfeited. You can't create lightning artificially. Maybe in CGI on a TV screen you can, but real lightning in the sky that you see outside, there's no way to counterfeit that. And there'll be no way to counterfeit the return of Jesus Christ. It will be powerful, it will be glorious, and it will be unmistakable. A few verses down in verse 30, he added more to this. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. That's what the return of Jesus Christ will be like. Power and great glory. There will be nothing secret about it. There will be nothing confusing about it. There will be nothing mysterious about it. It will be a gigantic, monumental display of power, and it will be, again, unmistakable. Now, he says here in this statement in verse 30, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven. Who is this referring to? Who is they? Who are they who will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds in his glory? Well, that question is answered in Revelation 1 verse 7. Revelation 1 verse 7 says, Behold, he, Christ, is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him. Every eye. Every human being. It's hard to grasp how a being could descend from the clouds and be seen by every single person around the globe, but that is how we're told Jesus Christ's return will be. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone will immediately grasp who he is. He's actually not going to look anything like the popular image of Jesus people have in their minds. He's going to look quite different. But every person on earth will hear the ear-piercing trumpet blast that will announce his coming and will see this immensely powerful spirit being, the returning Jesus Christ, who will emanate energy, who will glow white, whose eyes will burn like fire, who will ride gallantly on a white horse carrying a sword to make war. 
That is how the Bible describes the returning Jesus Christ. You can read that description in Revelation 1, verses 14 through 15, and Revelation 19 through 12. Again, people don't picture Jesus Christ like that, but he is returning as a powerful spirit being, and every eye will see him. So my friends, don't be confused by any human imposter or anyone coming along claiming to be Jesus or anyone claiming that his second coming is in the past or anyone claiming that there is a human being in some location that is Jesus. Don't believe them because Jesus' real return, the genuine return of Jesus Christ will be an earth-shaking spectacle that nobody will be able to miss. When Jesus returns, you will know it. There won't be one iota of doubt. Now, I'd like to close this episode with a list of eight unmistakable signs of Jesus' second coming found in the scriptures. Number one, the returning Jesus Christ will visibly come down from the clouds. We find that in Matthew 24, verse 30. Number two, the returning Jesus Christ will be seen by all people, Revelation 1, verse 7. Number three, the returning Jesus Christ will be announced by the blast of a trumpet, Matthew 24, verse 31, and 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16. Number four, the returning Jesus Christ will appear as a great spirit being, not a flesh and blood man, Revelation 1, verses 14 through 15, and Revelation 19, verse 12. Number five, the returning Jesus Christ will make war with armies that try to fight him at his return, and will easily defeat them. Zechariah 14, verses 3 through 4 and verse 12, and Revelation 19, 17 through 21. Number six, the returning Jesus Christ will gather his people, both those in the grave and those who are alive on earth. They will meet him in the clouds. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 through 52, and 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 through 17. Seven, the returning Jesus Christ will land on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem, splitting it into two parts, Zechariah 14, verse 4. And number eight, the returning Jesus Christ will remain on earth and rule over all the nations, setting up his government on the earth, Micah 4, verses 1 through 2, and Revelation 12, verse 5. Anyone who does not meet all eight of these criteria is not the returning Jesus Christ. For the Discern Podcast, I'm Eric Jones. Thanks for listening. For more information from today's featured article, visit lifehopeandtruth.com.